This podcast is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Go to patreon.com slash Media today to help us continue creating new content for the Dark Age of Camelot community. That's patreon.com slash Media. Here's this week's State of the Game. So stream event ideas. Let's talk a little bit about stream event. We've got stream event ideas, shaking up tactics, coordinating testing on Pendragon. That's awesome. We are going to do a PvE video series. Um, we will release some of it free. Um, I don't think we'll stream any of it because uh, we'll we'll want to edit it. But we'll we'll do um, a video series. We'll do some of it on YouTube for free. Might upload some of it to Twitch. We won't stream it though. And then the rest of it, the full series, will be available for Patreon subs. Uh, Amor, Amordora has been doing a ton of PVE stuff uh, off hours for a long time for the uh, I think the last uh, couple of months, and he's been like exploring all of these these places. Like the Circle of Five, um, they there's a whole bunch of instance dungeons there that are like super cool, and the people just don't go to, right? How how recently have you guys been down in Labby and seen all the Clockwork stuff? The Clockwork stuff is gorgeous, way ahead of its time. So we're gonna we're gonna do some of that. We won't just do clock. I mean, we're gonna there's a there's so much content that has not been looked at. We're even gonna go and do some ML stuff. I think at least according to uh, to Ammer. So look for that in the next couple weeks. I will have more on that soon. Yeah, CO5 is really cool. Uh, and then in terms of other stream ideas, there's, um, you know, there's a chance that we might do some really cool stuff. Um, I can't really talk about any of it. In fact, I can't talk about any of it, but there's there's some exciting stuff coming up and the potential for there to be even more exciting stuff coming up after the exciting stuff that I can't talk about. So, yeah. And if you've got ideas, by all means, send them my way. I am interested in hearing all of your ideas and thoughts. Again, the primary goal is to get people back into the game. That's really what it comes down to. So let's, we could talk a little bit about tactics. And guys, we're live. There's no delay. So if you've got something you want to talk about, we last week, we talked about IRC. We talked about scripting and cheating. Uh, we talked about radar. Uh, we talked about the state of the game and the out BG and the hit BG and hero. We talked about all that stuff, but we can talk about it again. If you've got questions, by all means, uh, share share them with me. I occasionally about Dark Age of Camelot can be a little bit of an encyclopedia. And there's a lot of stuff I don't know that a lot of people in chat do. Um, Mids did. There were there were a couple of really great fights tonight. Mids did well. But as Veneer said, they need to listen. Uh, the that last fight at the banana, that push was great on their part. They had traps set up. They were set up at the bottom. Um, the problem is they didn't have the elevation advantage, which will really will kill you pretty quickly. Um, there's also some really great line of sight hiding spots down on that banana that they could have easily taken advantage of, but chose not to. Some of them did, but your casters have to be way more conscious of where they are in the fight. Um, and it's the same thing for Hibs have at the top of the banana, there's a crest, right? So you can pop in and out of LOS with that crest that makes all the difference in the world, especially in Zerg fights. You'll still get the occasional person that will sit up at the top of the crest and give LOS to everybody behind it, but hopefully people are pushed far enough forward. Veneer says, uh, I just feel like we can never mention enough how listening to the BG leader is important. For sure. Yeah. Listening to the BG leader is important. Also understanding the fight, 
what everybody in your group is doing, where your group is, who's pushing, who's not. Right? Um, looking at the other BG and the enemies, where are they? What are they doing? It's, it's situational awareness is huge too. Communication is very important, but situ situational awareness, I think actually might be more important than communication. Because if everybody was playing on point, they understood uh, their entire class and all of the abilities of the class, they have a great group where they have an MA a group lead or somebody in the, the group that's an MA, you communication's maybe not so important because you can kind of feel the fight. But without that, and mids don't have that uh, don't consistently have great groups like that. They're working on it, but they don't currently have all of the groups set up like that. You need you definitely need to listen to Legan. That's very important. Ollie says you'll always have people not fully paying attention in every BG, sad but true. Yeah, I'm, I mean Hib is there is I can count on one hand out of maybe 60 or 70 Hibs that run they don't all run with us all the time. Say 40 or 50 do. But I can count there's less than five Hibs that I know will not listen or have a difficult time listening or a difficult difficult time staying with us. Everybody else is fully attentive and is not AFKing on the on the Zerk leader. But that's just I think it's helpful that some nights the Hib BG and I'm talking about US Prime, not Hero, but it's helpful that the Hib BG runs smaller numbers during the week. There's certain days where we only have two groups because whoever's leading the BG and it's Jedi, myself, Tap, right? There's a um Jen will run it occasionally too. She does a great job. But we all know each other so well because we run small numbers. So, you know, you get a, a, a couple uh, uh, pugs in a group or a couple pug groups. It's redundant. And it kind of throws the whole dynamic off. Uh, there was a fight at the... Um, it was at Mid Tower earlier tonight where... The mids, uh, I think with, I think it was at mid-tower. I'll have to go back and look, but the mids came up to the tower. It might have been at AT. And there was this moment where it seemed that Legan didn't... Legan made a call because people like... Half the BG came in and half didn't. And everybody just... I mean, that was a super easy fight for us because we killed all your push tanks because nobody else came in. And what have I said so many times about about, you know, Hibs were set up or anybody that's set up inside of that Lord room. Sorry, inside of the first floor. Um, you can't give us line of sight. You got to do it another way. Usually that is get all of your, I, in, if it was me, all of those STs I saw on the banana, I would have, I would have coordinated all of those ST drops and I would have said the, the push group, right? The, the push tanks that are going to go in plus all of your ST drops and you guys are going to just randomly don't like tab target, but like randomly pick a corner and drop an ST and do it all at once. Then you wipe the entire ground floor. As soon as those STs drops, you get your warlocks in and you just wipe everything and it's done. That's the way to do it with Hibs. You got to use you got to use something that um, prevents us from mocking is really what it comes down to. Because we can get through it. I've got Mach 5 on the Eld. I can get through just about anything and do a ton of damage. I was doing 600, 700 damage with Mach 5 up to uh, a handful of people tonight. It's wild, but nobody has resists, but that's another story. Veneer says it's not just listening. It's pushing when you're told. It's erupting the back line when you're told. These things constantly deal with people doing whatever the, the fuck they want. Yeah. 
if you're not listening on one aspect of the fight, you're not, these people are not listening on others, right? It's not like we, you don't push when I tell you, but you, you do a great job uh, with every other thing that we do every night. It's, it's people are attentive or they're not. It sucks. Uh, Sigil says, do you think relics should still be in the game? Relics serve absolute, in my mind, relics serve absolutely no purpose. They are, um, they have, I, th- I, th- I think, I, I have no idea what Broadsword thinks about this. I've not talked to anybody at Broadsword about this. But if you think about relics for a brief moment, they are a storyline component of the game. They are, um, they are, they have been a constant when everything else has changed about the game a lot. Well, a lot has changed over the course of 20 years. Relics have been pretty constant in their purpose. Uh, there you go. Uh, ZZX uh, II, aka Todd, says, I like that they're there for the lore. Yeah, and it's L-O-R-E is lore. Yep. And you're right. It's a storyline thing. But it, they don't actually serve a purpose. And I think, I think they can create more of an emotional, like a negative emotional response for certain players by not having Relics. I mean, I don't care if we have relics or not. I'll still log into whatever realm we're going to play and play. I don't care because I don't. I mean, yeah, they boost damage a bit, but in reality, like they don't make that much of a difference. If everybody was equal on the same playing field in terms of capabilities and skill, yeah, relics make a huge difference, but they're not. (laughs) Players are just not on that level. Ollie says, back in the day, they were great for realm pride. Now, not so much. So that's. It's 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 that, though, it's the realm. There's still some people that have a lot of realm pride. That's that emotional component I'm talking about. They feel like the realm is broken if they're not if they don't have the relics. And so they won't log in. Also, relics are relics have been made so difficult to take. I think in light of hero, a lot of the keep changes that were made. Broadsword did a great job. And, you know, look. I mean, we could have another conversation about Hero, but Broadsword can't intervene on every single thing. And I think they've, I'm sure that they could in this capacity. I'm sure they could intervene and do more, but I think they've walked, like, they've walked a really fine line with with changing keeps and relic defense and stuff. And I think they've done everything, at least in my mind, up until this point that they can do. But relics are super difficult to take. And with the current BG structure and how many players are in the game, it's damn near impossible to do a proper relic raid on any realm. It does not matter. Most of the relic raids that happen happen in the overnight hours between US prime time and like when this most of the I want to say like Eastern European, Asian, if, you know, if folks play in, in, in the Middle East, like, yeah, those folks log in over overnight my time. And that's when most of the relic raids happen. But I don't think they serve any purpose, really, other than the bonuses that they've been given. Uh, Crash says they're they're there for sentimental value. Yeah, I'm sure that's why they've been left there. And they've done things, right? Like broadswords changed the way that relics work over the course of time. They've changed like the the keeps that they're in and what they look like. I mean, if you go back to the very early days, they were in they were actually in like an OF. They were in castles. They were in keeps. Castles, but they were called cat. Well, at least on Alb, they were called castles. Um, I think they weren't they. I'm pretty sure they were called castles. I could be wrong about that, but the presentation of relics has changed over the course of time, and also like what how you can get them back. Right, you used to be able to dive 
you can no longer dive with them. Um, with the Irish Sea there, that means there's also an opportunity. There, there are people that if they get the relic out of the relic gate in time and get to the Irish Sea, they will actually swim it across. And you still actually, I think you still have time to do that. At least from Alb to Hib and back, maybe not to Mid. It's a bit of a longer run, I think. Maybe it's the same. No, it's the same because EV's a square. Okay. Um, Pronder says some people feel, well, actually, sorry, we'll go with Ollie. Uh, there are a lot still, if there's no relics in the realm, like, um, sorry, let me reread that. There are, uh, there are a lot still, if there are no relics in their realm, they are like, what is the point? Yeah, for sure. Pronder says some feel demoralized with a perpetual relic, uh, never being home. Yep. My stealth group late at night, uh, would take them back now and again. And that's really what still happens, right? <laughs> it's usually still stealth groups are... 16 slots that take them back. Some, I mean, eight mans can do it if there's no defenders. Relic they're pre, relic guards are pretty hard, but if you got the right group set up, I think you can do it with eight. Uh, how do you feel about the idea of instead of having um, a percentage RP bonus because your population is low, we go to a percentage because your population is high? Like a, oh, negative, I see. So I don't know with the current group of players in the game if population bonuses work at all. I don't think they do. When there were more eight mans in the game, it was super enticing for eight mans to jump realms because they always outperformed Zergs um, or like, you know, good eight mans always outperformed Zergs in terms of RPs. And so they would they would have an edge up in terms of RP gain and RP progression with the bonus. I don't think it's ever and if it has, it's been a small handful of times and maybe like tiny use cases where it's it's um, encouraged people to go from one realm to another. I just don't see the game working that way when it was um, when Broadsword rolled it out to begin with. I think it made you know a ton of sense back then, um, especially as the population was declining. But it's at a different level now, and I'm just not sure it makes a whole lot of sense. I think um I think the sweet spot is probably changes to the way keep and siege keeps and siege work. But I but I also don't have a clear picture of what that looks like because, um, well, I think there's a lot of ideas, but they're just really complicated. And I think I don't even have enough. I'm sure Broadsword does from a 5000 foot view, but I don't have enough knowledge to really understand what that looks like. I just don't. But I think that's that's where the sweet spot is. Honestly, if it was me. And it's not. And I don't have unlimited resources and, nor, and neither does Broadsword. But I would just wipe the slate clean. Uh, I don't think there's this is any secret. I would wipe the slate clean in terms of the way the RP RPs are earned in the game. But realm points are also like it's it's something that's you can do things like bonuses, right? And they can they can create incentives. But it's so hard coded that I'm not sure that the changes that I'm thinking of, like the massive overhaul of the way RPs work would even be doable, certainly at a time where Broadsword is looking to develop a different kind of server. And that's something we, I don't think we talked about last week that we could talk about this week, if you guys are interested in talking about that. Pronder says, most people use it as a gauge of how things look population-wise as opposed to informing about uh, where people choose to play. Absolutely. That's what that's a side effect of it, because it is a somewhat real-time look. The issue is that it's I think it's mostly Zergs that use it. I'm sure that there are some smaller groups that use it to determine like where things stand and whether they're going to get run over in, uh, in New Frontiers. 
but it's it, it I don't think that was ever an intention to say um, it's going to decide whether we go out of a keep or whether we stay inside a keep. Maybe it was. Crash says some have talked about the relics uh, resetting weekly. I think that's I think that's probably the best case scenario if relics stay in the game. And I don't I think they will. I don't think Broadsword has any intention. I don't know, but I, I don't think they have any intention of removing them from the game. But that would be smart just to clear the slate, because, again, that kind of I think that removes the emotional component or maybe delays it. Winter Dance is here. So, yeah, what's the story with the new server? So here's what we've been told publicly. After uh, 1.127, I think we're on 1.127B is the last patch that we're on, other than some incremental small stuff that's like more nuanced that is, has happened, right? I think we got on Friday, we got our loot bags back. That was actually a, that was part of a patch. Um, the, the loot bags were patched back onto the game, the, the, the original ones. Um, they, uh, they said publicly from 1.127 on 1.127, whatever on that they were going to be working on this new server. People are terrified and I will tell you, don't worry about it yet, <laughs> but people are terrified that the population is going to go down or it's going to get split between two servers. I think there is a simple answer, um, to doing, to, to creating a new server type alternative, classic, whatever you want to call it. Um, and also keeping population. I think you can do both. And how is that? Well, I think uh, you rely more on quality of life improvements in the game. So maybe you go back to where we won't name the free shard, but where a particular free shard is right now. And instead you say, OK, we're going to go maybe back to around that era pre-TOA, but we are going to include a whole bunch of quality of life improvements that that server does not have and make it, you know, because people don't, people go over to that that other that other place that, and, and frankly, this is true of all free shards because it's a free shard, it's a ripoff of the game. It's not the, it's not the game. It's somebody who essentially um, read packets and took all of the textures and everything and just built a new game from the ground up. That's really what Dawn of Light, what DOL was all about in the beginning. That's the basis of all these free shards is the work that DOL did. Um, and Broadsword, I believe, had a DOL employee, somebody that worked for DOL. I believe Broadsword at one point had hired a DOL person to do some unrelated work for them. I think maybe it's some web stuff. I'm not sure. But people people go over to those free shards they come back and they're like wow the quality of life is so much better over here in Uwain. and it's true it is uh, people think classic is the way to go but without the qol stuff they get caught up in you know things that work better over here now are there things that work better over there admittedly yeah but broadsword's fully aware of what those are and are just it's just a conscious decision about uh, I think an investment of time and also whether it makes sense to do them here. But if you think Broadsword hasn't been over to free shards and understands what free shards are all about and what's drawing people over there, you're sorely, you're sorely mistaken. They, um, I have a lot of faith. People tell me sometimes I have too much faith. I have a lot of faith in Broadsword and the stuff that they're doing. And I think um, they understand the game better than most people, most people do. I, I, don't, I haven't always agreed with everything that they've done, but they know. So what is the, what's the new server going to look like? 
I think it's going to be, if I had to guess right now without knowing any other information other than what's been told publicly, I think it's going to be a classic server with some quality of life improvements. That's what I think. And that is not like, can't tell you I've been told I can't like, I, that's literally, that's what I I think is in their best interest to build is a classic server with QOL. How does that not split? Like you're saying, the new official server will make people worry about leaving Uane. There is a um, a contingent of players that no longer play the game um, that exists. And we're all kind of aging a little bit, right? I started playing this game when I was 14, when it re- was released. So it gives you an idea of how old I am or maybe young either way. But it's been a long time. <laughs> it's been a long time. I guess it was 19 years ago. They're I think. Um, I think they're they're expecting to draw on that contingent of players. And some of those people are on the free shard that I'm talking about right now. But um, I think that the idea is to pull from there. Um, I think the idea is what's the what's the, the draw of Uane too, right? And and the live servers is that there's people have history over here. They have friends over here. They have accounts over here. They have characters over here with memories, names. I think it would be um, if they're going to launch a server and expect people to come back to this new server. I think they would encourage people who had had accounts, and I don't know how mechanically, but they would encourage people that had accounts to come back, maybe by transferring characters uh, over. You could be a one or the other. Um. Again, nobody's said anything to me about this, but I also wonder if maybe they're going to make one of them completely free to play. That would also be a way to ensure uh, that that there is an equal population or that the population stays high is they make Uane free to play uh, completely. And they just like the classic bit, the class of the new alternative rule set server. Sorry, it's not really, I shouldn't say alternative rule set. It's not because that would be like uh, Mordred, or um, some other kind of combination of what the game currently looks like. A classic server, if you will, or another server. I wouldn't be surprised if they make one of them free to play completely. That would be a way of keeping people here. Veneer says, I hear people people complain about TOA. I didn't play them. My only issue with uh, anything TOA is related to speed warps. There should be 20 to 30 second casting time on speed warps. This would allow you to run through them or use them strategically, but not as a means of escape. Um... And then Jetstream says that would just open the door for larger groups to run down smaller folks in the first place. CC in this game has just been added upon and added upon and added upon and added upon for years. I don't think there's any other MMO that has a PvP component that has CC like this game does. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there's any other game where you have so many different types of crowd control that you have to constantly battle. Dark Age of Camelot is very unique in that sense. I think they've done it in a smart way. You've got realm abilities like debt that that decrease, not with speed warps. Speed warps are kind of an outlier, but you've got debt. Um, there, there's, there's, you know, you can go all the way up to purge five. There's D, you know, certain classes have D roots. So I think they've done it in a smart way. But there's a lot of CC, and I don't know if CC is. A f- I think there's other, uh, maybe other ways of dealing with <clears throat> um, trying to trying to trying to run away from large zergs really like speed warps are only effective not only but they're most effective in terms of kiting and in terms of extending players if you're slowing people down because you're trying to run away from them like you're already in a precarious situation that you probably shouldn't be in 
Speed warps are most effective when you're trying to either stop a group from stop a group from extending or you're trying to extend. Prandus is based on where the game is today with PvE content and alternative currencies. I honestly don't understand why people still jump on the TOA sucks bandwagon. TOA wasn't all that bad. People who went to the free shards will tell you. TOA is actually, there's parts of TOA that are more of a quality of life improvement than they think. People haven't done TOA in a long time. People's memories of TOA were ML 1.1, ML 1.2, ML 1.3. That sucks. <laughs> like, let's be honest. That part of TOA is terrible. It's terrible. And a lot of it is broken in the game. Again, wagering a guess that Broadsword... Um, since TOA hasn't been probably touched or improved upon in some time, that Broadsword doesn't have a significant amount of experience um, having to go through. I mean, imagine, right? Like, there's a lot of people. John's been there since 2006 as a CSR. I think he went over to UO and then came back. But TOA is like, there's a there's so much stuff going on in TOA. How much time are you going to spend as a developer with a staff that is committed but is somewhat limited in size? They don't have 40 people working for them, 50 people working for them. Um, how are you how are you going to dedicate time to try and fix TOA? I think that's probably the biggest issue here. And also maybe the biggest gain for Broadsword by doing this is to just say we're going to wipe out TOA. Wiping out TOA is probably a task on its own because there's a lot of stuff linked together in the game. Either way, any way that Broadsword goes with this new server, it's a lot. It's more work than if you logged into the official discord and you read people just like egging for an answer on the new server, you would think that it's the easiest thing to build in the whole world. And in reality, rewriting this kind of code, remember the game is written in C++, um, with a built on the Netimmerse engine that uses proprietary textures, NIF files. Um, <laughs> the code was originally written to be run on multiple uh, servers that all talk to one another. Now it's been moved to AWS, I assume on an instance that is scalable or that is can scale in real time. I don't maybe the population doesn't demand that, but there's a lot of like components that have changed the game. This new server is an enormous lift for Broadsword, more of a lift than anything else you could imagine that has been done in recent memory. It's probably there. It might be Broadsword's biggest project to date since taking over um, the maintenance of the game. And the development of the game. Um, Crash says they'll have to do something really nice to entice people to start all over again if they're moving from the other place. Faster to faster to 50 RP bonus pots. Yeah, that's however, whatever kind of quality of life stuff you want to throw in there to entice people to bring in. I think that's smart. I think that what I think that's what will be the the it factor for the new server. Because at, at the at, I, don't, I think everybody can agree that at the moment they don't the population's not there, but it will be. If they do every, if they line up all of it, they put their ducks in a row. Uh, Winter Dance is here, says at launch TO is pretty bad, but allowing you to use BPs to gain access to it fixed a lot. It did. Having a unified currency was a brilliant idea on behalf of Broadsword. Prodder says he liked TOA. Jesse says I like TOA, but I had an ML9 sort that could solo just about everything very early. <laughs> Man, those um, being able to charm pets. I miss I'm, I that's a part of the game that I miss a lot, especially not being, I guess, you know, I could run a mentalist with charm, but it's not the same. It's just not the same. I liked it better than catacombs. Um, we could talk about catacombs for a second. We could definitely talk about that. I, in fact, I want to talk about that. Make TOA and seasonal 
make TOA and seasonal RVR area, meaning like make oh a seasonal RVR area. Um, I, I mean that would be I suppose on the table, but I think there's other places that could be. So first off, seasonal events are a huge lift for broadsword too. I I think things like um, the BGs where they do seasonal events isn't such a huge lift. I, it takes some work, but I don't. I I think it's something that they can do in a couple of days, maybe maybe a day's worth of work. Because a lot of that stuff I think has been they can turn stuff on and off. They can drop things into the game that they need to. I don't think it's huge. Uh, but changing an entire zone over um, is really tough if it's not already been done. Do it once, it's super easy, but but starting off, uh, starting from the ground up, I mean, you'd have to change merchants, right? You'd Or you'd have to wipe entire merchants clean. You'd have to change, I think, mobs? Maybe not mobs. You'd have to certainly look at mobs and their vulnerabilities because people would PvE in that area. And what sort of area would it be? What is better about the TOA area than New Frontiers or Old Frontiers or anything else you could think of? Um, Pronder says, I think it's uh, people, I think people believe it's easy to do because of the free shards. Think about the free shards for a second. It's kind of an unfair comparison, right? You've got people who are who are working off of DOL. And don't get me wrong, like the free shards folks have put a ton of effort into things. They're still stealing the game. They're still stealing content. The Digital Millennium Copyright Act says, I think pretty clearly it says that you, you it doesn't matter whether you're charged, just, just because you're not charging for something doesn't mean that it's not theft. It just, if you're not charging for it, it's not, a, it's not as grand of a case for somebody like EA to go after if you're not charging for that kind of content. That's, I think, maybe why the free shards haven't been gone after yet. But that's, again, another conversation we could talk about. Um, but the but the reason why free shards have this leg up is because of the entire, all the staff's volunteer. And you can't recruit, it doesn't work the same way for a, a game that's owned, all the IP and the game is owned by EA, and EA calls quite a few shots, maybe not all of them, but they call quite a few shots in the game. That, I'm sure is like a ton of red tape that they have to go through every time they want to make a major change to the game. So, and, and also because it's EA and because it's Broadsword, both are for-profit entities, you, you just can't like bring people in to volunteer and just give their work. That's like, that's, that's an insane thought. That's why Free Shards have a leg up. It's because they've got a ton of volunteer developers. Still don't like them. Don't think it's a good thing that they exist, but... The cost of the lawsuit probably costs them more than they would see in return subs. EA's got lawyers on salary. It's not it's not the cost of lawyers or the cost even of the lawsuit. Um, and I don't think it's a matter of perception either. I think it's, um, I mean, again, it's EA's, it's not Broadsword's intellectual property, it's EA's. EA owns the game. EA's got the legal claim. Broadsword, I don't think Broadsword has any legal claim. Unless perhaps they take a cut of the revenue from EA and then maybe there's, you know, you're somehow um, you're somehow limiting the amount of revenue that I can make as a part of a revenue split with EA. And so therefore, somehow you're there's damages. I'm not a lawyer. I just play one on TV. But Broadsword doesn't really have the case. It's EA and EA's got plenty of lawyers. They could do that all day long if they wanted to. But there's prop. I'm sure there's a reason why they haven't. And it's not an EA policy not to do this, right? As far as in conversations that I've had with people that like understand 
EA's perspective on this. I don't think that it has anything to do with EA's policies about it. I just I just um, I don't think that there's a meaningful case because at the moment, well, Broadsword doesn't have a competitor to the free shard. A. So how do you like? Yeah, there's a copyright, but how do you claim damages? How do you make it really worth your while to, to do it? But imagine for a second, just imagine for a second that Broadsword launched this new server and then there was a direct competitor to the free shards, especially the most popular one. And now they said there's now there's a there's a reason there's a there's a reason why it might happen. Again, total speculation, right? I did play I was I was a career journalist, but not a lawyer. Wish I'd gone to law school. Honestly, in hindsight, wish I'd gone to law school and gone into the political process, but that's a story for another time. Don't regret it. I just like that. If I could do it all over again, I would have gone to law school. Um, Dursden, that's not true. So Dursden says, I thought Mythic gave away the source code when they shut down. They did not give, there was nothing that was given away. So Broadsword is Rob Denton, who was the head of Mythic at the time. Um, and a significant number, if maybe if if not all of the staff from Mythic, um, and I don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg here. I don't know if um, EA says we're going to shut the game down, and the folks at Broadsword, or now Broadsword, Rob Denton was like, "Hey, we can do this for a fee. We'll maintain this game for you for a fee. You just pay us, you know, a percentage of the subs or whatever, and we'll just like we'll do this for you because that's pretty much like it's it's." It's UO and um, UO and DAOC are both maintained by Broadsword. That, for, as far as I know, I don't not certain on this, but I believe they have a contract to maintain the game through EA. And there's no source code. the The, the problem about this idea of like giving away source code is that the game has already long ago, back in. Uh, mid 2000s um, DOL was already reverse engineering the game and it's not tough because it's I mean the the NIF files while they're proprietary there's lots of uh, um, there's lots of programs that will open it uh, or well there's a there's a handful of them um, there's ways to reverse engineer just about anything you look at what Mojo can do by hooking by hooking and, and injecting stuff into the DLL and, re and reading the DLL Mojo does, mo uh, and like it or not, and, you know, like I, there's a whole story with Mojo. Again, we could talk about it if you want to, but um, Rob knows a lot about the game and uh, Rob is the developer and the writer of Mojo. And so Rob has a pretty clear understanding of what, what's in the, I don't, you know, if Rob knows, if Rob can understand it, then there's a lot of other people that can, I would imagine smart people that can too. Uh, and DOL was written by and started by some really smart people. All they did was, I think they just, they did a lot of packet scraping, I think, packet sniffing and, and, and try to figure out, you know, very similar to anybody that would try to reverse engineer um, a game, which is what they did, right? They're just looking at data that's coming to and from the server and understanding how the basis of the game works and then just rebuilding it. But it's all very much custom. There's nothing, there's nothing original really about what DOL did other than taking, you know, um, what they knew from the game by playing it and by studying it and things like textures and maps and things. Uh, Ollie says there is a 3v3 turning coming up soon crash. That That's actually going to be, I think, a lot of fun. And I don't think it's just going to be elite players. 
but I could be wrong. I'm kind of excited about that crash. This would be nice to see. Sorry, I missed your message crash. It'd be nice to see AV8 tournaments and kill uh, Kilkenny events. I love the Kilkenny events. Um, come back around. The old Knights podcast for the tutorials and gameplay was nice too. Not sure how many people uh, would be interested in this stuff today. It's uh yeah for sure it's a it's a trade off in just like what as Broadsword prioritizes things that they're doing to the game and in the game, they're they're prioritizing the creation of content, and Carol's done an unbelievable amount of this stuff on her own. Um, there's a new website coming that's, I think, got quite a bit of information in it. Look, it's, you know, it's a, it's a matter of whether it's worth it or not. I don't know if it is. All I can do, I don't have the time. I'm not, I'm obviously not a paid by broadsword. I'm not, I'm just a guy that likes the game, right? But I don't have... I love this game. I think I've done, I've tried to do as much as I can for the game in this capacity is just a person that plays and has started a Twitch stream. But I, I just don't have the, I don't have the ability to do, to create tutorials and stuff. Um, and Biba's done a great job with that, but Biba's only one person and, you know, and Grobo who uh, passed away. Uh, it's, it's so sad that um, we got news that Grobo passed away last week, but Grobo was instrumental in building a lot of the stuff, a lot of the tutorials and and things for for the game. And and he is sadly like super sad, no longer with us. Um, doesn't mean that that stuff is going to stop, but it's just there's and the game is so complicated, too. And a lot of stuff has changed. And over the course of time, I'm I'm, I'm comfortable saying this, that um, there's not been a, a huge emphasis by mythic. I want to say broadsword, certainly better. But there was not a huge emphasis on keeping up to date documentation about the game because so much there's so much documentation in so many places and it was all changing at a rapid pace. And so Mythic did not pay a whole lot of attention to documentation. I think maybe like if I was at Mythic, that might be my biggest regret is not creating documentation that was friendly to new players. They did the tutorial zone like that's great. The tutorial zone's wonderful. Um, it definitely helps for sure. But when you've got a website that's riddled with issue, like errors and things and spells that aren't up to date, I mean, and frankly, like for honest, the, a lot of the third party sites are riddled with errors, too, and are not up to date. Maybe the new site will fix that, but it's a lot of game, guys. It's a very, very complex. I mean, you guys know this. I'm talking to people that know that have been playing for a long time. The game is super complex. There's tons of class balance stuff. There's tons of things that have changed. There's how many different ways, there's almost unlimited ways to play a particular character. Uh, and then you get into things like where NPCs are. And I mean, it just, it gets so complicated. Um, for us noobs, what was the Kilkenny event? Um, I love South Park. Uh, it was, um, Carol would hide in plain sight on uh, whatever it was. I don't know if she changed the, her, like the, the modeling, right? If she was like, uh, it looked a particular way. I think sometimes it was a like a ghoul looking thing. Might have been sometimes it might have been a dummy. I'm not sure. But and if you found her, you won things or if you killed her, you won things. So it was always it was like a hunt for Carol. It's a great idea. But on that note, I think when uh, we talked about this last week, Broadsword, I think the thing that Broadsword should be doing more of that they're not and I, I don't think a ton of people disagree with me, maybe even at Broadsword, but they need to be doing more dynamic events, very similar to what's happening on the free shards. Because what else, after 20 years, 
right? What else? You can't. And I've had this argument with somebody in broad, um, not a broadsword, um, on, on the, the official Discord today. What do you do? You expect that they're just gonna like patch every five minutes and like come up with new content or change stuff or like just constantly rewrite classes? No. So the game gets kind of stale occasion. I mean, not look. There are seasonal events, and those seasonal events are a lot of fun. But I think they need they need more of that. And so dynamic events would be like a dev or a community manager or somebody running the encounter and make it really difficult for big groups and really easy for small groups. It'd be a constantly changing thing. Like imagine an instance dungeon, but not an instance. And the person that's running the entire thing um changing the dynamics of it. It's very similar like Arma 3. If you've ever played Arma 3 and you've played the Zeus edition of Arma 3, I love Arma 3. I think they're coming out with an Arma 4 here, I think in the next couple of years or the developer, one of the developers left, created a new company anyway. Um, It's very similar, like that kind of gameplay where there's somebody that is running, that's pulling all the strings of the encounters. That would be so cool. And that's what happens over on some of the free shards. And I, I think that would be an enormous enormous lift here um does it does the guy from exidio um still still play the game i don't think he does um venistra i think his name is Vene is it veneer or venistra so not veneer but like venistra i think that's his name his his handle we're, we're friends on steam um uh, at one point um i was talking to him about helping him like pay for some of the back end stuff and hosting because the the Exidio Herald is an enormous resource hog. I mean, you're scraping. So the, the Exidio Herald does a couple of things. The Exidio. So the character planner and all that stuff is one thing. That's pretty easy because that's just based off of information that you could change at any given time. But the Herald itself, because they don't have back end access to the database of players. I think they're just I think they're just scraping content off the Herald. And then they're then all of the queries that are going in and out of because it's it's Exidio's done in SQL. I know that for sure. It's all SQL backend. And that is an like it's not a cheap thing, especially for somebody that doesn't make any money off of it. Um, it's way more recess uh, resource heavy than. Um, well, that's not true. DAOC utils would certainly be resource heavy. But the Herald, I think, is is, is maybe even a bit more. And so um, I don't think he updates it, but he certainly is paying for it or somebody is because it's not free to it's not free to host. But I don't I don't think he does. I, and DAOC Utils is breaking like there's all sorts of third party stuff that's breaking. Um, but I do have hope that um, Broadsword's new website that I know that they've been working on for a while will have some of some of the stuff that we've been missing. Um, Beast Chicken says, I remember a long time ago, three people from Mythic, I think each ran a realm zerg. The leader was unkillable, but. Each realm had a huge, huge PG. That would be great. That'd be a great idea. I just, um, I think that there's a, 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 I think they're fearful of this. If I had to wager a guess that Broadsword's a little fearful of the accusation of favoritism, if they did one realm or the other. And I think my advice, maybe I said this last week, I feel like I've said this before, but my advice would be, um, who gives a crap about the, I, the, the appearance of favoritism? Because ultimately, like, that stuff lasts five minutes, really. And the people who are claiming favoritism, like, frankly, are just going to be super toxic anyway, so don't listen to them. That'd be great, though. Yeah, Broadsword should absolutely hold kinds of events. So, um, uh, really quickly, I'm going to get to um, uh, uh, 
Mark Severtong, and I'm, I'll, I'll answer your question in a second. Uh, Pronder says, um, I hope the new server is less different content or style and more updated engine that can use DirectX 12. I doubt that's in the cards. I don't, it's not in the cards. A game engine, so that would be an entire rewrite of the game engine. Well, you would have to, you would have to upgrade. So it's Netimmerse, but is what has it been called? NetEmbryo, I think is now, it was, it's the official name. Netimmerse is what it was in the beginning, and then or Gamebryo, the Gamebryo engine. Took me a minute. So the Gamebryo engine is what powers Dark Age of Camelot. There's been multiple upgrades of the Gamebryo engine. In fact, at one point, the company that develops the Gamebryo engine broke something, broke a, up, updated the kind of, I think they were all NIFs. I think they've been NIFs the entire time, but um, upgraded the way in which um, texture files, I think, are like the container works and it broke the game. I mean, it didn't like not live broke the game, but it broke Mythic's ability to update the game. And Mythic, as far as the story is like, and I, I'm pretty sure that this is accurate, had to rewrite. Um, I can't remember where I, I know this from, but I, I, I'm pretty sure it's true. Had to had to actually write a custom tool in house to convert the old texture files and the containers to the new con the new standard. You'd have to you'd have to you'd have to completely upgrade. Now, are there upgrade paths for Gamebryo? Yeah, there there are for sure. Um, the Far Cry engine can actually with some work that would take definitely some time. But the Far Cry engine, ha there are in fact tools that convert uh, NIFs, at least NIFs that existed back in like 2013 to 2015. I don't know if the if, this, if the containers changed, but to actually convert it to Far Cry. To the Far Cry engine, the Cry engine. There are YouTube videos. I was just watching one earlier today. There, and, and I think somebody posted it, oddly enough, on Discord. But there are there are um, there are examples of this. If anybody has them, they can drop. Um, in fact, I could drop one in. Um, let me drop this. I'm going to drop this link into um, into the chat. But this is what um, this is what DA. Sorry, this is what DAOC looks like um, in the Crisis Engine. I just put the link there. You guys can look at that. The music is a bit overwhelming, but there is an upgrade path, but that's it's not I, I I again don't know this for sure, but I'm willing to bet all the money in my bank account that an, a, an, an engine upgrade is not in the works. I'd love to be wrong about that. I'd love to give all of my money to somebody that proves me wrong because I think it would it would change the dynamic. It would actually it would be a huge boon to the game. Um. So what kind of events do you mean? I mean, events where um. There is a centralized encounter and maybe it's it's a tri realm battle for something right where things are getting passed between the realms or, you know, I mean, up until now, everything's been based around like ghost, like the ghost keep encounter, right, was is is great, um, except it it's very difficult for underpopulated realms to engage in that event. And that's usually the the the, the thing that breaks that that kind of event. I, I would, I, but anyway, what do I mean? I mean a centralized encounter, or a, a single encounter um, that requires, whether it's PVE or RVR, that requires a dev to pull the strings on the encounter, make them difficult, change, like throw in um, like random things that happen, right? Random events, like go grab this thing, like the Zerg, like, okay, we've completed step one, and then the dev just decides to like drop a second piece of it in another zone in New Frontiers, and unbeknownst to that Zerg, is also sending the other Zerg, or you could do eight mans, right? Sending 
other players from another realm into that same area to do something else. And there's this um, objective where they're fighting over something similarly, or they just happen to you just drive them into each other. That'd be really cool. And and they're doing it um, on the free shards with DF. There's a, there was a D, I think a DF event I read about not so long ago. Hey, Bammers. Doing well, my friend. How are you? So I think that would be huge. And I actually don't think that's a that's I think that's just about as heavy of a lift. I mean, I think it would it would have to be maybe there's like maybe two or three people at Broadsword that I think would have the ability to do that kind of thing. John's probably the most or like the the best equipped to be the person pulling those strings. But John also is the producer of the game, has a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> he's not a you know, he's not just sitting there twiddling his thumbs. And in the era of covid, that makes stuff really challenging. Um, Neomatrix says, I want a reboot progression server. Uh, define reboot. Do you mean a like start reboot, meaning start from the ground up, clean slate, everybody. And but what do you mean by progression? Explain that to me. Give me some give me some more context on that. Neomatrix says also says, I think it's more it's, it's important to have um, the PVE RVR balance to feed people back and forth. PVE is an enormous part of this game. And I think it's like part of this new video series that I want to do that I'm going to do with Ammer is highlight some of the PVE encounters in the game. The PVE is beautiful and not, you know, there are occasionally some bugs that pop up in TOA. There's a lot of bugs that pop up. <laughs> you know, there's some encounters that are just straight out broken. Um, but most of the instance dungeons are like in good shape. And I think people should go instead of bringing a macro team, which is what I think everybody does, like when they go to try to kill Legion, right? is that they should actually run down with like properly set up groups and maybe with somebody who has no idea how the encounter is supposed to go. That's the kind of event that would be a lot of fun. But because everybody has done like there's like a hit list of PVE stuff that everybody does, you know, almost on a schedule. <laughs> the OW and the curse stuff I won't even do anymore. I'm <laughs> it's beautiful when it launched. It was a lot of work. It's great work it's there's a lot of really cool stuff in there the storyline's really fun uh i it's i won't do it for every tune i will gladly um pay as much plat or in game time cards as i need to in order to like get past that i just won't do it anymore so any new quest line please god any new quest line from broadsword please do not do this thing where <laughs> it's great the storyline was awesome i loved it but people still have to do OW and Cursed all the time. Well, they don't have to, but they still do, especially if, like, I'll give you an example. Our hit BG. We're, um, I've got uh, lots of mids over there um, that I used to, or on mid. I've got lots of mids that I used to play many years ago that I don't. Um, and I, they're, they're not, like, they were templated great back in the day, but the templates are like 10 or, maybe in some cases, 12, 13 years old. So now I have to go over there and either, like, go trade game time cards for plat and get plat to buy stuff or i have to go level up um i have to go through ow and cursed that's the kind of pv stuff i don't like um i think pop fails to hold because there's no bottom end to hold things up say again say more about that too crash consoles the guys under the skating rink comes alive and all three realms have to kill him before he destroys all all keeps and towers that sounds like a really heavy lift programming wise but that would be super fun I feel like I was told from somebody and I don't know if I should share that this was a long time ago and I don't know if I should actually share this, but here we go, that there was actually a story with that guy under the rink 
Like that was supposed to turn it. There was some there was some sort of plan to do something really creative with that. I think somebody at Broadsword or some I was something was came out about that. Maybe it was very public. It actually might have even been John on one of the official Twitch streams that said, like, we're planning on doing something cool. I think there was there was something about that. I don't know. Start from the ground up. Schedule times where Shadow Isles schedule. Oh, I see what you're saying. So literally start from from where DAOC started in 2001 ish, right? At least for public and then release the game. I understand what you're saying. The issue is that it. um, That there's there may be backups of the game. I'm sure that there are archives of that code. But trying to like reinvent that would be an unbelievable amount of work. It probably like if they had the staff to do it, that sounds like a great idea. Keep the game exactly as it is now. Maybe well in some way, shape, or form. Wait. No, you wouldn't be keeping the game in the same way. <laughs> but I mean, maybe keep some of the QOL stuff. I don't know. But maybe with a new engine, a new game engine, that would be cool. But it's not just the game engine. It's not the. Gra- it's not really the graphics that like. That's not the graphics are great, but that's that's not the end all be all. They can up. Uh, they can upgrade the game engine. I think there's a there's a path to up- upgrade the game engine now and make it really pretty. I don't know where it gets them. Maybe a small pop up, but it, it doesn't. I don't. I don't. I think without any constant change or or some like some new big thing. I don't. I don't think it really does a whole lot. I could be wrong. I feel like all the free shards and live have killed the bottom of the game. Okay, so PVE doesn't really exist at all. It was perfect at launch note, but yeah, I think uh, that part is important. Sad it's going to sad it's gone completely, more or less. Well, so I mean, yeah, it's gone in the sense that we don't PVE all the time. There's not a ton of new players that are coming in the population. The game is now so centered around, I think, PVP. Everybody like even the new quest lines are very much PVE PVP oriented. In fact, both. Well, at least OW has a PvP component to it. So you've got to appeal, if you've got a limited resources, limited staff, you've got to appeal to what people are doing. I'm, I'm sure I'm just saying, like, I'm sure you know this, right? I'm just saying it to say it, is that PvE doesn't really, like, straight PvE encounters don't draw people in anymore. Most people are here for the PvP action. And so, like, who are you, who, are, who is it benefiting by building new PvP or PvE encounters? Also, PvE's not, like, dead. That all still exists. There's so much PvE in this game that works that's beautiful that's, like, I mean, there's, it's a mind-boggling amount of stuff in this game that's there that has storylines that are beautiful and really well-written and really cool encounters that people don't do because they don't want a PvE. But I think making it dynamic would be fun. And maybe there's, like, a, that's, like, kind of a jumping-off point to build on that. To then like draw people back into PvP. But you like you you have to say like no macro teams, right? No macro teams. We're gonna make these super hard. You gotta run big raids. There are no macro teams, there's no easy button. What's the challenge mode? And getting people to do that and like there there being some benefit. Maybe there's a PvE benefit that awards RPs. Like a one-shot. I mean, it's it's really what we're what we're all after. The the dynamic What's like at the basis of why do we all log in every night? There's there's dynamic action that occurs within the game. It's constantly changing. It's never the same. Well, sometimes it's more predictable <laughs> than you'd like it to be, but it's never quite the same fight. So there's that. There's the RP component of it that is huge. The RP progression from Realm Rank 1 all the way up 
and the new abilities that you get and the things that you get to unlock and how like powerful your class can become by doing that. And then there's the social aspect of it. But there's the social aspect of it is very limited in because the way the game was built, right? To be one realm at a time. Like you get to kill your friends. Like if you've got friends on mid or on hip or on alp or whatever, like you get to kill them and that's like bragging rights and that's super cool. And then you can maybe analyze the fights afterwards. But the social component's very much one realm at a time. That's the way the game was written, right? I think we're all pretty much aware of that. Other than somebody yelling in a language that you don't understand. So you can recreate some of that thing that draws people in by making dynamic PvE encounters that allow that RP progression to happen. That's a, that's an option, I think. Um, I think it would also be cool if there were realm leaders kind of like the knights used to be. Yeah, I think the knight program was wound down because there's like overhead and maybe not just in terms of like money, but just in terms of time and effort into building and like keeping that night program alive. And then also like it's, I mean, imagine how, how difficult it is for broadsword to try and write, like build, like make these class changes and think about how that class change is going to affect this group setup and this group setup and that class. And like, what if they go one V one? And what does that look? There's so many, it's so nuanced. Forget like trying to organize people that are responsible for the game or being leaders in the game in some way, shape or form. Um, it's just, I mean, it's, it's so daunting to try and think about the maintenance of that. I understand why they wound down the night program or that it's not a thing anymore. I understand why they wound down the, pardon me, the team lead program. That all makes a lot of sense to me. It's just, they just don't like, where's, where's the, especially if, if they're, if, if broadsword is maintaining the game. And again, I don't know what that relationship looks like with EA, but if broadsword is maintaining the game, and they're on some sort of like fixed, like you get, you know, here's the fee to maintain, like you get X amount of dollars every year or every month or whatever to maintain DAOC and UO. Even with a revenue, if there was revenue split involved in there, and again, I don't know if there is or not, but if there's revenue split involved too, it still doesn't like give you a whole lot of wiggle room. And also like Broadsword is a for-profit entity. So they're going to try and do like every other. And there's nothing wrong with this. This is the way America runs. This is the way the world runs is that for profit entities are responsible to the either the shareholders or if it's privately owned to the people that bankrolled it and currently run it and maintain maybe even private shares, right, or private ownership to, to maximize profit. So why would Broadsword just hire a whole bunch of people and like white like Rob Denton needs to be able to <laughs> to pay for things in life? <laughs> And like, he's also like, I think he's with the work he's done. I think he's deserving of a, a, a piece of the pie. Crash says, uh, it would be nice if they updated King's gear stats and drops that have people wanting to group to get them, not just craft gear from BPs. Sorry, where did I, in, I, I inserted King's gear. I don't know where I, ins, I don't know where King's is not in that sentence. It would be nice if they updated gear stats and drops that have people wanting to group to get them, not just craft gear from BPs. Yeah, it's again, I think it's a, it's an effort thing like the DF revamp um, was was quite a bit of work. And I think it's why you've seen like the other world, even some of the other world stuff was every time you create a new item, you have to think about how it fits in a template and like, you know, what is like the most used because they have this data. What's the most used combination of items? And if I mean, if they didn't, they do. But if they didn't, they could just go to DOC utils and look at people's templates. But 
how does it like fit in with I mean every time you create a new item you have to think about consciously how it fits in maybe if it's a shared quest line with all three realms how it fits into everybody's template on all three realms it's creating new items is again another one of those super heavy lift things it would be I agree it would be nice totally but um, I think it's also why you've seen like a lot of the other than like a limited amount of curse stuff right a lot of like the updated like the hallowed stuff and some of the curse stuff is reskinned and sometimes literally like the delve is just the item the the stats of the item are just ripped from something else how can you blame them it's a lot of work um Ali says, I'm a total social player. I'll freely admit that logging in and BSing um, in voice chat with friends, win or lose is always fun. Yes, absolutely. It's why I still play the game, really, is for, I guess it's not what I included in like why we log in at night. That's the core, like the core gameplay part of it. But there's the social aspect and I don't think I'd be here doing this stream, playing the game at all if it wasn't for the folks from Dark Knights of Camelot that moved over to Hib from Alb that are like people that I've known for more than a decade. Could you solve that issue with dropping skins instead of new items? Explain, I don't, it might just be that I'm really tired, but explain that to me. I don't understand what the question is. Could I solve that issue with dropping skins instead of new items? I don't, so if you're asking me whether I can like, if I've got the knowledge to create, like understand the logistics of creating new items in the game or like how they would fit in, I, that's not, I have no idea. I couldn't even like, I, I'm, I'm not even like comfortable with sending in a feedback form um, other than things that like directly affect me. Like I'm at, I'm at like a 5,000 foot view in terms of this stuff. I, I wouldn't know where to begin. Could you saw uh, the issue of adding new items to the game? I know it's not something that I could solve. I just don't have, I, there's, I'm not even close to understanding the intricacies of all that. And I, people who will tell you that are like armchair devs in the game who constantly complain or that are on the official discord that constantly complain they don't know either in fact they probably i would i wager to bet that they know less because they're not looking they don't know the intricacies of it and they don't also or they're not because they're being super toxic about it they're not looking at it from a five thousand foot view that's why you shouldn't like people should never listen to folks that are so toxic like that but i mean broadsword list broadsword takes feedback they've got a feedback form they read discord they are i'm sure constantly meeting about things but i don't i don't i i have no idea i would love to see the updated just updated looks on armor some cooler looks uh there's i would so i think what would help because there's a lot of artwork in the game that exists that people don't have an idea of what it looks like um there's alakazam which I think was just, were they just like bought by a new company or like the Alakazam site was folded into a new entity? Anyway, like I have to like go through Alakazam to look at skins sometimes. Like there's no library of weapon skins. It would make it so much easier if the, and maybe this is something they're working on. Again, I've not been told if it is something they're working on, it's total coincidence. But like maybe they could like, take the skins because they have that data readily available to them it's in the same database that the game reads like they have it to say hey like this item looks like this because you can do that with mithril like that's the the idea of skinning stuff and reskinning stuff you can absolutely and there's a lot of really beautiful skins of different things in the game already 
it's just a matter of like thumbing through all of it. I can't tell you how much time I spent on Alakazam trying to figure out what my damn shield was going to look like on this one tune that I just I just redone the temp and I wanted it to look super cool. I wanted it to not look like a caster. I think it's the it might be the animus or the eld that I run. I wanted it to look completely different. And so I was like trying to. So Ollie says there is, but I want better looking stuff. So there is a graphic, a graphic artist that works at Broadsword and might be split in terms of their responsibility between UO and DAOC. I'm not entirely positive about this, but there is somebody that works on. Um, well, OK, I'll get to that in a second crash that works on graphic stuff that does not take away from the capacity of the developers to like the like the actual coding developers to do their work. So, I mean, it's it's why housing got done, right? The the take all of 1.127 away except for the graphical updates to housing. That was all done by a graphic artist in house. Um and there might have been some like back end work that was done by, but it, the lift was mostly on the graphic artist and and there was very little that was done by the actual coding team. So that's why I get so I get so miffed when people are like, oh, that housing patch. Glad we got new houses. Like you have absolutely no idea how this works, do you? If you're complaining about glad we got new houses, you don't recognize that all the quality of life stuff that went into housing and all the other class improvements and things that happened in the game happened from the developers. The housing stuff was done by a graphics artist. <laughs> Like you clearly have like if you're complaining that like you got new houses, but like everything else is broken. And there's a lot of people, even like friends of mine that do this all the time. You don't clearly understand how this works and that's OK. But like, don't complain. If you don't know, don't complain. Don't be toxic. Don't add to the toxicity. Housing was great. It was a, I'm sure it was something that they wanted to do for a long time. That graphic artists, they like prioritize that thing. Right. But that was like mostly the artist work that wasn't. And they do look great. They look amazing. So you can reskin stuff, but it's limited, right? Because it's all done through MTX. So it has to be like the, you know, the shield has to be the same size, right? Or it has to be a, it has to be a staff or it has to be a hammer, one handed hammer, or it has to be um, a robe or another kind of chess piece or a helm. Like it has to be of a, you can't just like put a shield on your head. That would be fun, wouldn't it? Take the biggest DF shield you can find and just like skin that with your hat and you're just running around with this like giant satellite dish on your head. That would be I'm I'm all for that. But at some point you have to stop and like institute some rules because you can't have people looking like casters when they're tanks and tanks when they're casters like completely. You can't. I try. I got away with that as much as I could. People see my animus and they're like, there's no way that's an animus that doesn't look like an animus at all. If you didn't see the brittle guard of the pet behind me, it looks like a tank. But like you there's only so many ways to do that and you got to be you got to be you got to be careful about it. You can't just let people do whatever they want. Um what else did I say that we we could like talk about that we didn't? I've got a f- I got a few more minutes. We could spend a little bit more time and then I got to re-upload this um uh this weekly recap video that's got to go up tonight. I know we talked about things like um um free shards, we talked about mo like I could talk a little bit about Mojo. I bet Keith would wear a shield on his head. Or like what happened with Mojo? Talk about scripting. I mean, whatever you want to do. Um, we did launch a Patreon, patreon.com slash There's new content going up uh, weekly. Um, I'm trying to get into a rhythm to do it like three or four times a week to get videos up. Um, I will. I think I'm going to start doing 
the weekly recaps will be available. Like I'll do nightly recaps, maybe changing tactics. So uh, what specifically about like like running Zergs? Mids, like we could talk about all that stuff, like the mid Zerg, the Alp Zerg. And guys, if you've got questions and I don't have the answers to a metric crap ton of stuff, but if you've got questions, I might know a little bit about what's going on. I, I know a lot about the game client. Like I know how like the mechanics of some stuff work. I could, I'm, you know, I could give you bits and pieces. Um, but break up the uh, monotony of what happens consistently in RVR. Um, th- without any like major revamp of the game, I think it's very difficult to break that sort of cycle. I think that uh, you could re- you could do things like remove relics or make relics reset once a week. Um, there probably are some things that you could do in keeps. Um, there's maybe a step or two further than where Broadsword has gone to uh, to kind of limit Hero's ability to maneuver the way he does. But again, I don't like that's a very complicated thing because at what point do you at what point do you somebody suggested to me today something about um, what was it? Uh, like, for instance, getting all the eight mans together uh, on another realm to kill Hero to force him to log out. You could do that. But like what we can do as players. So I think uh, every Zerg. So every group needs an MA. Every Zerg needs to have a couple of flank groups. Um, What I would do, right, and what I often do when I'm running the BG is I do a slash BG groups and I pick the leaders of the groups. You can also do, I think, slash BG class too, and you can get kind of like an eagle eye view of uh, what kinds of classes are in your BG. I'm pretty sure you can do that as well. But picking group leads to be your flanks, um, that's super, like talking about tactics ahead of time, talking about how you're going to go into a fight, spending five seconds communicating to the people in the Zerg how exactly you think this fight is going to unfold before you get in there. Like, here's what here's what I'm expecting at the mile gate. I'm expecting Alps on the other side. So what are we going to do? I'm going to get two groups. You guys are going to go to the west docks and you're going to swim around. Okay, and you're going to be right at the point right where the the first bridge is off of EV. And I'm going to we're going to be on the other side of the market. I'm going to call for a push. I want you guys to be we're going to take the heat and I want you guys one group to take left flank, one group to take right flank on the other side of the mile gate. And I want you to hit whatever's there and and tear them up. Um, uh, like example, uh, what would it make sense instead of driving straight off aggro on it, or you mean EV <laughs> and taking blood in mid? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we need more open field fights. I think the terrain is, is, is huge. And so trying to navigate from one point to the other while trying to find the fight, especially if there's one primary Zerg and very few like tertiary groups, if you will, that are out there. I just mispronounced that. Um, I, I think I'm tired. I think is like is really challenging with the terrain and with the size of everything. There's Legan. So, I mean, open field fights are great without setting up fights. I don't know how you change things a whole lot without doing setup fights. And there's a lot of people that will not like I've got people in the HibBG that will absolutely not do setup fights at all. And so we don't because we respect the wishes of the people in the BG. I won't force it upon them. Um, would it make sense? Uh, so I think things like, uh, splitting up, splitting up the BGs, making, uh, their folks like compartmentalizing the BGs into 
particular groups that do particular things, I think would be really helpful. I'd love to, I, I'd love to be, like be received well enough on alb to be able to go over there and make a difference there but the reason i'm not trying to lead a bg on alb every night a all of my friends are on hib and they would probably log alb occasionally but their home is hib and all of their friends and my friends are on hib now um but also because i wasn't like i don't think i'd be i don't think anybody would run with me at least for a while and i don't have with everything else that I'm doing, like I got to try and maintain a stream, try and keep the viewers up, try and create interesting content for you guys. There's a, a financial incentive for me, like if I'm honest, um, because like this, none of this like time and effort and energy, like nothing comes free for any of us. And like this all costs, like it costs like the lights and the camera and all that stuff is a one-time cost. The giveaways that we do, everything else. Um, so there's a financial incentive for me to create content that's compelling and why people ask me, like, why don't you eight man and stream? It's because people don't watch eight mans. They don't watch streams of eight mans. They just like, they don't, maybe there's an outlier here or there. Maybe inter occasionally logs in over here and runs an eight man stream and like gets a ton of viewers, but it's, it's not, it's not the compelling content that people watch. I know this. I've been doing this for long enough to know. I have the number one most viewed stream for the game, period, on Twitch and on YouTube combined and have for 180 days now. I know that because I have analytical data. People just don't watch eight man streams. They don't. I love like the solo stuff is awesome. And there's amazing content being created by people that stream uh, solo stuff. And there's also amazing content that's being created by people that eight man for sure. But they don't turn the numbers are not you don't draw in numbers like you do with with streaming Zerg fights. I would I would um, I love the people that I run with. I love Zerging. I love all that. I love that play style. I feel far more comfortable fighting in eight mans. People would never people never going to believe me for saying that. But I feel far more comfortable fighting 8v8. I always have. But people don't watch it. So I do 8v8 stuff during EU time or early morning when I can. Oh, Neo. Thank you so much. I appreciate that a lot. Thank you very much for the tier one sub. Um, I don't stream that stuff. I just do it for fun. And then I stream the Zerg stuff in the evening. Alb needs some new blood. Yeah, we, we talked about that at length last week, right? I mean, Alb, there needs to be a change in leadership on Alb. And Rescue's done a great job, but there needs to be a new person who steps up that leads the BG every night. That's there every night that forces people very much like Legan's doing on mid forces people to build proper groups, you know, gives them like is a little critical of them when they don't do things right. Like that's what that's that's what. And I, there are a couple Alps that are doing, a, I think, a pretty good job. Uh, Timbuktu, Tim is one of them, but there, there needs somebody needs to step up and do it consistently uh, for that to actually happen. Because like tonight is a it might be social hour over there and that's great. I'm happy for them. And if that's what they want to do, that's that's for 15 bucks a month. That's fantastic. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, but it it um, not having competitive fights, it makes the game stale because you can do social hour anywhere. Why don't you go play Second Life? Go play Second Life and have social hour in Second Life if that's what you want to do. There's lots of other more, um, uh, appropriate environments, I think, um, where you can just have a social hour. And again, like I say that with the utmost respect for rescue logging in every night and like creating the environment for people to play over there when there has there's been a void of leadership. But it's also the issue that rescue has not allowed for other people to become leaders on Alb. And that's 
really like that's the pain point is that nobody wants to step up because he won't create room. He's never created room for others. Like occasionally like Merlin, right, who used to run um, the BG on Alb when Rescue wasn't there. Super nice guy. Great guy. But um, he's not there anymore. And Merlin had a very similar approach to the game and playstyle that Rescue did because they ran, ran together constantly. Um, the eight, honestly, like eight man's running that BG would be the best thing to ever happen. If IRC, we talked about this last week, if IRC really wanted to um, do something like really helpful for the game, they could go start leading the BG on out. Peach Chicken says, so if the social Alps take your advice and leave the game to go socialize in another game, lowering the population would somehow favor the game. Absolutely not. I'm not advocating for people to leave the game. I'm saying that if like if that's why you're logging in, like in an effort to be fully transparent, there's better places to do it. Right. I mean, there's just better environments, but that's not to say, like, I think those folks still there's still a reason why those folks log in and play this game. Right. I mean, you would agree with me on that. I think there's still game. There's the aspect of gameplay that gets people in the game. OK, so that's a great starting point. How do you improve and build off of that? So we talked last week about people there being different levels of player from like social casual to casual to casual but could you could drop in an eight man and would be competitive to competitive to irc there's like there's these different sections of player types and i think that there's still a ton of people on alb that are more uh casual players that also like are competitive i know at least three or four groups of them that are regularly on that's a great place to start from but there's also not if there's no unified leader trying to trying to build on that it makes it very difficult for the other players to fall in line and start doing that too yeah the policy of ignoring him and not feeding our peace isn't worth it um what's happening with hero too it's the same exact thing with hero this idea of not defending keeps and just like letting him turn like letting him turn a realm green it it's not productive at all. And for the folks that talking about Realm Pride earlier that have Realm Pride that want to fix whatever situation has occurred, they spend the first 45 minutes of their night during US primetime just trying to turn stuff back to either red or blue. Legan, I think we were talking about this, right? Legan at one point, maybe today or yesterday, where I think you made a great point. You said, you know, Hero Logs, for lunch or dinner or whatever when he does like the split times even like during the day when he doesn't play us prime he'll log for a while and then people will try and take stuff back and he'll just go back and take it all over again and now because everything is green it's super or lower con it's super easy to take i think the if if hero is going to play the way he continues to play and if he's going to continue to have a following and, and why does he have a following it's because there's not an equivalent bg on alb like, I think that's really what it comes down to. It's not mid. I think most of the people that play, well, maybe that's not true. Maybe there are some people that will swap. But like the majority of folks, I know Alb always used to, that population used to dwindle as soon as Hero logged in because they all had Hibs. Beach Chicken says, now there are those three or four groups. Albs, or are they eight mans with no realm loyalty? Um, those three or four groups have realm loyalty. They all have realm loyalty to a certain extent. Lots of them are friends of our, like the DKOC Alliance or were in the DKOC Alliance that did not go to HIB with us. So they have, there is realm loyalty and in, baked into most of those groups. Um, uh, uh, Upon a Pale Horse is another great example, right? Jesse has 
I don't think I don't I don't think I've ever seen maybe I, don't, I can't and Bammers you could tell me I think if Bammers is still here um, you could tell me if upon a pale horse yeah he's still here if you're listening um, if upon a pale horse runs other realms but I, I think he's got a ton of realm pride sorry but with heroes numbers and the lack of defense there's no point to go and fight a battle where you don't make RPs and just donate to him there are more productive ways to spend your time in PvE or another game either way hero and his people have killed EU and now they're killing US um, uh, yeah I don't re- I can't really disagree with you on that at all um, but how do you change the like what as broadsword what levers can you pull as part of the keep and siege taking process that make it less enticing for him to just go it's okay bammers don't worry for him to just go and take keeps empty keeps all days bammer bammer says no chaos doesn't run guild groups on other realms uh, so you've got like there i well i i know that but he's routinely on there and there's usually an eight man i think most nights of the week right um and 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 there's him or somebody from pale horse that's leading it on alb that's like a that's i think a um, a loyal a loyal a, a loyal a realm loyal eight man yeah weaken out of line of sight heals that's a that's a great example sure how do you make it more so it's but it's not just about that's a huge component of it right but how do you expand on that it's not just about weak like there's um hero always has this initial tank train that climbs up and in right and then they like broadsword out of these doors which i think are really effective to the oil they give you a a huge last line of defense um now with the the outside doors being weaker it makes a little less sense for people to try and sit up in the outer and defend but like what else can you do other than like so how do you how do you make it more difficult maybe out of line of sight heals for um they already nerfed group heals with power cost so sure they did but i'm not suggesting it and I don't think Broadsword would just decide to change entire lines. In fact, that would be, I have to tell you, that would be a huge, I don't think they would ever do that, that they would nerf group heals again, or they would nerf heals again. See a Pronder. I don't think that they would do that um, because it would impact so many other kinds of um, play styles within the game. A hero is a problem, but he's like, he's, you don't want to rebuild the game around him. So what do you do? When heroes there, if if the conditions, if whatever conditions at the keep are met, that it is a large zerg fighting nothing on the other end. I think you could, without changing entire classes or making things completely different, I think you could change what happens inside of that keep to make it not even more difficult, but just like damn near impossible and like not worth his time. And I can tell you as like somebody who runs in large zergs or sometimes leads large zergs, We often run around. You will see me on stream complain nonstop about going and taking empty shit. I I don't I don't like that. And I don't think anybody does. So how do you make it? If you've got a large Zerg, any Zerg that meets that kind of like and there's this like um, disadvantage that the that the opposing realm, the realm that's holding whatever structure it is in the fight. How do you make it more difficult for that Zerg, that BG to operate effectively in that zone or region or area you don't yeah woke you don't i i I completely agree you don't just like you don't you don't change heels i don't think across the game heels are already like challenging enough as is for hero it's one thing um but for like lots of other different 
play type or play styles, it, it heals can be somewhat challenging, depending on what realm you are. Alba's Alba's got great healers, but try and find a cleric and a friar to fill a group every night. Cleric, friar, mini, and a sork. Try getting that like basic cleric, friar, mini, sork. You can't do it on Al. Um, Bammer says, it's so sad to see people say hero isn't defendable. Those tanks melt so fast with a decent caster train who actually assists and plays well together and like uses to their advantage things like disease. The problem is that all of those healers um, that are healing hero are also ready to group cure disease every five seconds. Do you like prevent people from like group curing disease in those situations do you i mean how do you weaken that initial push i don't think it's not a, it's not a, there's they already tried the outnumber bonus i don't think that works and relic guards if there's nobody def i mean legan that's like uh it makes it more challenging but it doesn't um unless it's like a dynamic encounter where like guards are spawned um, because an x number of people hit a keep like that could be it but pve is so easy right now that I mean, what is it like? How, how, so, so it delays the inevitable, but there has to be more than that. So like when Hero's roaming and Alba's a 70% bonus, the Alp keeps would go to Pert much faster than Hib, who has no bonus. I'm not even suggesting that like keeps automatically upgrade for everybody. That's that's also, I, I don't think, the right approach to suggest that just because Hero is on an entire realm gets a bonus. I don't think that solves the problem. And that's like where the guard thing happens. And Bammer says, I completely disagree about the guards. You, you don't want to make it inherently more difficult for an entire realm to do things just because Hero is doing stuff. It's it, it's wherever he is in that moment to make it more challenging. And, and what does that mean? So if he's hitting, let's just use an example, right? Hero rolls up with 60 people and he hits bold. Nobody's in bold. What happens on, is it Esamile? Is that bold? It's one of, can't remember. What happens on what happens at bold, not what happens at Burke or what happens at Benno or what happens at Neged or whatever, but what happens at bold? What makes it more difficult to, for him to advance? I mean, I don't I don't know the answer to that. I think it's um, so what what happens consistently, right, is that hero, regardless of what stuff you put in front of him he constantly and so just understanding that like i'm not talking about modifying other keeps other than the one he's on what benefit does it have to just creating it really tough for him to get in when he's just gonna like because it just takes him a little bit longer he's still gonna try and get in regardless what does that do how do you inf how do you incentivize people to actually show up what tools do you give them what tools do you give them to be better prepared to defend against large numbers. Do you amplify damage? Like, I don't, you really don't want one person like one-shotting people. <laughs> but how do you make it easier for people to kill that Zerg? Uh, you can't, you can't remove climbing out of the game. Um, you could potentially remove climbing from that keep in the moment that the BG is there. I guess if it's like, you can't climb that keep if there's so many people there. But there's also like, then you take away a playstyle from assassins that can't get in to try and pick people off inside of a courtyard, which is like a huge, a huge thing for them. Even when there's a huge Zerg on the outside or a huge Zerg on the inside, how many, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been uh, perfed 
with like 30 people standing around me, all AoE mezzed, I die, they vanish. It's fun. It's a huge challenge. Realm Guard's harder to kill, walls take less damage, oil does more damage, siege hits, hits harder. That's totally true, but if there's nobody um, to pour the oil or deploy the siege, oh, from heavies. I mean, I don't think you you take climbing out of the game entirely. There's a lot of people that play that run eight mans that like to get into keeps that could still take keeps by getting. And I think that's like that's something that you want to you. You still want people who don't take advantage of a situation to be able to play the, the way that they've always played. And there are some eight mans that love to climb in and pick people off from inside of a keep. That's fun. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But maybe you maybe you prevent in that moment, you prevent hero from being able to climb in. That's an option, I guess, for sure. How do you make them how do you make them easier to kill? And I'm only talking not about the entire again, like the entire game. I'm talking about in that moment. Could simply double the double the timing on climbing spikes. Yeah. Sure. That would work. Sorry, and I think I've been misreading this all along. I didn't realize you were saying climbing spikes. I thought you were just saying climb walls, just like just climb walls, period. You're absolutely right. You could totally nerf climbing spikes. You could make it you could make it more difficult for him. So reduce the time or put a timer on climbing spikes and make make them easier to kill on the on the push if they've got like multiple a tank group or two that's inside. Make them way harder to heal in that moment. Make their like reduce their damage output. I mean, how many like there's all sorts of things you could do. So when I say that like broadsword, I think has they've walked a very fine line and they've done everything that they can up until this point to try and like manage the situation. I say that like genuinely, you don't, I mean, it's really tough as a dev. I would imagine again, 5,000 foot view, right? To try and, you know, when you've got a BG leader that is running so many people, you don't want to disenfranchise those folks. But I think now that this has happened for so long, I think a case can be made that if you make it really difficult for them to do what they're doing, which is essentially PVEing together and not actually like like making uh, giving other people an opportunity or there being any sort of effective gameplay between hero and another realm. I think you're now getting into the into the moment of making a case for those things to be changed. The root of the problem though is pop. Do you think you would see massive pop swings if the game had a good population base? There's always been huge pop swings, realm by realm. Maybe not overall in the game, but uh, every three or four years, it does one of these. It, it on, on all the realms, it changes a little bit. That's because I think people become bored. Um, they, you know, things action gets stagnant. They don't, you know, they want to try a different, you know, because it's great. There's so many different classes on all three realms that you could like play and level up one and move to another class. And like you could rotate that through and get to a point where it's every, you know, year or two or three where you just want to change a pace. You just want to do something different. Population's always up and flowed. Hib, I said this last week, Hib for the longest time for almost a decade had like two groups on during US primetime. We were so excited. There was like one three or four month period where there was somebody that tried to lead a Hib BG. And by the way, ran into the same issues that Legan's running into right now, where people were so disorganized because they never, the people who played US primetime on the Hib like never had a ton of experience like 
playing in that kind of play style. A lot of them, some of them were eight mans. A lot of them were casual players. There wasn't the kind of action that they expected. They didn't have the kind of outcome that they wanted because they were so few. Um, Bammer says, somebody who plays a solo assassin attempt, guard changes will legit kill the game for me. But we're, ta- we're not talking about guard changes for everything. We're talking about guard changes like in a particular, when a certain criteria is met in an area. That's how these changes have to be. I don't see any other way of these changes being implemented without hurting other people in the game. It's got to be like an in the moment thing where if they are if they outpopulate the defending folks, it's not just an RP bonus. And like it gives people like the the outer oil doors. There's more to it that actually like diminishes their ability to play their characters to the full extent that they can. We're not talking about hero being on and all of a sudden all of Alb. Um or and mid, right, who don't have the numbers being absolutely impossible to deal with by anybody else in the game. When the action's bad, playing solo sin, lighting up keeps as a solo brings action to you. Absolutely. If you make guards stronger, harder to kill, it would be viable. Um, and all that's going to come out of it is that the players like me who lose a fun playstyle. Yeah, I mean, it's the same. We talked about, again, this last week, I was talking to God's Demon about it earlier, I think a, f- uh, a few days ago, about minstrels and adding heals to, like, he, people think that adding heals to minstrels would be good. And sure, just get rid of stealth entirely. Get rid of charming pets. Just don't like who needs that. It completely. um, Like ignores all of the minstrels, not that there's a ton left, but the minstrels that do like Casper, when Casper plays a minstrel and he solos, he runs a petstrel. I've seen him do it, right? You're like killing the game for Casper and everybody like Casper that wants to petstrel. And there are still people that do it occasionally. Or more often than not. I mean, minstrel, it's a bad example because minstrels are, they're few and far between. But yeah, I mean, Yama, well, somebody will have to play a minstrel in that group. Woke. Somebody will have to play a minstrel in IRC when they're on Alp. You need them. That's why these competitive groups run minstrels, right? I mean, you know this. I know this. They have to. Doesn't, just having a sork with speed doesn't get you anywhere. I'm not suggesting um, uh, completely revamping the game. I think that would be the wrong thing to do. I also think like people who submit feedback, this is on the same kind of like just the thought process. If you just completely like if you submit feedback that completely ignores how other people use the game, I mean, that's Broadsword's responsibility, right, is to filter that kind of stuff out. So maybe it doesn't matter as much. But. I think when we're all having this really, I think, quite productive conversation, like you guys have some great ideas. I think we all have to agree that like we have to do what's right for, you know, not that we have any control over this or like decision making ability here, but just like we have, to, I, I think decision, uh, whatever changes have to be made. Um, they they do it in a way that doesn't affect other people. Beach Chicken says, can we stop pretending like changing a playstyle is an unthinkable thing? Broadsword has done it before. The archery system, warlock overhaul, necro changes, DD heal spells, the cumulative stealth classes, and so on and so on. Yes, absolutely. They change they change playstyles all the time. How many vamps do you see now after the claw changes in the recent patch? I, I think I've seen maybe two or three in the last couple of months. I don't know. I'm, bet, I'm willing to bet if we went to the Herald, we'd see that there are no, there are no vamps. <laughs> or very few vamps. Um... I'm actually willing to say, and maybe this, maybe you see something in a different way. Good night, Crash. Um, but I, I, and we're going to wrap this, we're going to wrap this up in a few minutes, but I don't, as a Hib, I don't see any vamps. I see a handful at most at all. And maybe that's the same thing as Minstrels. I don't know. I don't play Alp, but I, I all I know is that the Alp groups that we fight don't ha- have very few of any Minstrels. In fact, most don't even have speed. 
There's a lot of outgroups that run that are on horses. So get a Sork or, you know, whatever. They're just speed, I guess, if you had to. But I mean, really, you need minstrels. Vamps are basically solo only. Yeah. Well, they I mean, Vamps did extraordinarily well solo pre claw patch. I don't I don't know how much that's all I know is that Vamps have pretty much disappeared. But I wonder if that had something to do at least seeing them on at any given time, like in an evening. I just I assume I would imagine that I saw some before and now I don't see a whole lot playing now. People have told me that they retired their vamps after the change. Um, and maybe that's because you can't. It's very much like I would guess caster maulers, bammers, right? Is that like, is that a fair assessment that because you can't play them, it's very difficult to be able to get enough power to maintain power when you're fighting in large scale encounters like caster maulers are? Yeah. Wilk says, yeah, exactly. Maybe you're saying, yeah, exactly, to something else. But I mean, I would imagine that would be the that's the difficulty. Yeah, Caster Mauler, probably my favorite class to play in the game right now. But managing power is something that is still something that I am trying to get better at. There's I've had some awesome fights, large scale fights in in keeps where I know somebody is going to be taking damage and I can rely on them to give me power during the fight. Um, and I've done some soloing on the Caster Mauler and it's been a lot of fun. I've had a great time doing it. I need to do more of it. That actually solo caster mauler with the with the roots um, and the the styles that give you speed in combat, so you can get up close and you can. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a great class to play. I'm just saying that I don't um, I don't think that this involves like I, I I mean other than what what do you suggest like we we completely nerf heroes in the game? Then are you going to nerf warriors? Are you going to work? Are you going to um, nerf armsmen's? Like, how how does that balance out? You just don't. That's not. I don't think that's a viable thing. You don't nerf one class to play to to somehow like fix a systemic issue being caused by one person. Um, so our mauler just gives them damage conversion, and they have perma. Yeah, pa- yeah. There you go. That's it's. It, in fact, that's exactly what I do with the with the caster mauler. Is I find somebody who I know is always going to overextend in a fight. <laughs> Maybe it's maybe it's the rank 12, right? For a while, um, Bubba was running. Um, I think it was a hero. Might have been a BM with a pumpkin on his head. This Furby, like this huge, like stuck out like a sore thumb. I knew he was going to be a target of everybody. And so I put the conversion on. I put the, the power conversion spell on him and, and I had, you know, it was awesome. I had a great time. About power management, you got to think with Castro Mall, you have to think like 15 steps ahead with that class in order to be effective at all. Again, the hero situation isn't a broadsword thing, it's a player issue, yeah. For sure. And actually, um, somebody who would know if heroes have been nerfed, uh, Legan, who who plays a hero, <laughs> who is a hero. Yeah. Um, and Bammers, I think you might have, you, you, I think you came a little late, but we were talking about, maybe you were here for the documentation component of like the conversation, but there was a huge discussion about why people, or why broadsword has not um, why there's no like tutorial or why somebody isn't building like a complex tutorial for the game. And like while they do exist, because Mythic never really kept up with documentation for the game um, with the expectation that in 15 years down the road or in 10 years down the road or in five years down the road, you'd like need this jumping off point for new people to come in and play the game. Um, the documentation is the best that they can do. I, I mean, I think they've done a, you know, 
considering the resources, but they didn't put a whole lot of effort into it in the beginning. Nightwoke. People uh, people keep trying to change it because they can't play the class well themselves. So yeah, I, I again, I think it's I think the if Broadsword is going, we spent a lot of time talking about this, and I'm going to wrap up the stream here in a sec. But uh, if Broadsword were to do anything about this, I think it would have to be localized. I just don't see another way around it. Okay, well, I am off to do a little bit more work. Um, patreoncom media. We've got a weekly fight recap video that will be going up here in a little bit. Localized beats chicken 20 localized as in like if hero is attacking bold, what changes can be made at bold at that time to make it really difficult or if not impossible to take it without defense. That's what I mean. I don't mean like changing, you know, making all of alb impossible because hero's just on right. I'm not suggesting tying population bonuses to keep um, to keep difficulty. Because I think that's the wrong approach, because then you completely like disenfranchise all the people that are not on the Zerg. Imagine how it would be, right, if um, he's like he's on during U.S. primetime on Friday and Saturday nights. And he's got so many people and he's just taking keeps left and right. And we have a Zerg that's significantly smaller. Maybe it's three groups, two groups, just a 16 slot, small Zerg, whatever. And because he's on, because they would be tied to population bonuses, all of a sudden we wouldn't be able to operate because we don't have there's it just wouldn't work like that. It, it couldn't. Um, I disagree. Beach chicken 20. I don't think it's beyond their ability. Are we got we um, maybe in the next week we can talk about patch issues because I don't actually think there's so much of an issue like there's one existing really annoying bug. But I, I think it's more new. I think it's more uh, it's it's more difficult more difficult <laughs> than people make it out to be to fix the Anon thing. I don't know if they've actually got a fix ready waiting to go. I think there actually might be more to it than that. If that's what you're talking about in terms of patch issues and things being broken. Again, 19 year old game, really tough to recode stuff, to change things. And because you don't know necessarily right without, oh, Pronder want Pronder log, but he wanted to talk about testing coordination. We should talk about this should be a, a thing for next week. But there is more as a community that we can do to support Beeb and to support Broadsword to better understand the patches um, before they go live. Very few people there. I don't think there were any large scale fights over on Pend before 1.127 launched. Pretty sure there were none. There were definitely uh, small mans and groups that went over there to test things, individuals. In theory, Broadsword knew how it worked. But without like a, a rigorous QA process, you are throwing crap at a wall and seeing what's stuck. Regardless of how good of a programmer you are. It's a 19-year-old game, stuff breaks. And I think fixing small things is actually way more difficult than it, it would appear. I think it's 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 just not, it's, it's not, and the LD thing, right? Uh, if people were having pl uh, the player lag issues that were happening. I don't know if you remember, there were our server lag stuff that was happening a long time ago. That that was fixed. That was rectified. You know, that was solved. It was not just a weird Internet thing. Like there was a legitimate reason why that server lag was happening and it was resolved. Um, the, you know, the LD stuff, right? There was obviously something that happened to the client that took them quite a bit of time to figure out to get to the bottom of. But they didn't intentionally break it. They didn't change something, I don't think, in the way, based on what I've seen, in the way that the client communicates with the server. I don't think they made any significant change like that. They might have. But I think it was more along the lines of they did something in the game and it it 
was causing people to disconnect more often. The, the quality of the connection between the client and the server was not up to par for whatever reason. Okay, we're going to wrap this up. I think this is, um, I hope this has been a good conversation. It's been a lot. It was a lot longer than the other one. The other one was like an hour, 20 minutes. We're coming in on two hours here. But I like talking to you guys about this stuff. But um, let's talk about next week or the next time that we do this. Maybe it's later this week. Maybe it's tomorrow. I don't know. I got time. But let's do another post stream stream where we talk about uh, coordination, like testing a uh, coordination of testing with Broadsword and trying to help them out. Let's talk about patches and like what I know to be true about and maybe what you guys have observed and what you know to be true about patches. We could talk about that. Eh. I would leave you with this, though. Let's be less like what I said last week. Let's be less toxic and let's be more supportive of the process because the alternative is having no game at all to play. And that's not an alternative that I think most, if not all of us, want to be in. Just my view on things. Uh, again, a huge thank you to Ollie and Siambra, who are Beard Crew members on patreon.com slash ramicmedia. Huge amount of support. Thank you to Pronder and to Beeb. Beeb is a tier three supporter of the, the Patreon in her, I, in her personal capacity. Um, and and thank you guys uh, to Keed and Veneer and um, uh, and God's Demon. Thank you guys so much for the support too. Patreon.com slash Ram Media and other video drops. It should be overnight tonight. Might be in the morning <laughs> at this rate. Might be first thing in the morning, if not overnight tonight. But there will be a fight recap video for all of you guys to watch tomorrow that will go up that's um, a little over an hour long that breaks down some of the biggest fights of the week with annotations and I talk about tactics and stuff and... I hope you check it out. Again, it's available patreon.com slash Ram Um, Thanks for all the support. Thank you to the new sub to Neomatrix835 for providing the tier one sub tonight. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for the support. There's a League in Deaths vid. Yeah, we need to do that too. Also, um, it's been requested that I do a Jedi insults video when he like throws people under the bus in Discord. We need to do that too. A lot, a lot of footage to go through to find all those death clips. Not if I write a script to try and parse the log to figure out when he was dead and then tie it into the stream somehow. See, that's ultimately that's what I want. I've been trying forever to create a, a replay slash recap ability like or use the one that's built into Streamlabs and I could never figure it out. But I'd love to be able to hit a button and replay what just happened, whether it's for like the last 30 seconds or last minute or last five seconds or whatever to be able to go through and replay a moment. They have the abilities built into Twitch. It's built in, or I think into Streamlabs itself. I just, I haven't never figured out how to use it. I got to do that at some point. Again, thanks to all the Patreon uh, uh, patrons for supporting the channel. Thanks to all of the subs here. And uh, be safe, wear a mask. The positivity rate in this country is up over 9% for COVID. So if you're, I mean, I don't, maybe around the world, it's, it's getting worse everywhere. But if you're in the US, please be safe and take care of one another. It's like really dangerous out there right now. Okay. I'm worried about all of you. You guys have a great night. Thanks so, again so much for the support. Good night.